I'm teaching on faith for prosperity. Who is your source? And what I want you to do is everything I say is going to be about your source. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with the way he thinks, the way he acts. I want you to hear this scripture, Isaiah 48, 17, because we're talking about your source. And since we just said faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God, whenever I teach about faith, Faith is really easy because all it is is following the Spirit of God. Right. I mean, there's more, there's faith as a substance, and you need to become skilled in all of that. But to follow God every day, every second of your life is exactly how Jesus acted. So I want you to hear this from the Father because if you think He doesn't want you to have prosperity, this scripture will rock your boat. I love this scripture. Isaiah 48, 17, and this is from the Amplified. It says, thus says the Lord. Who's talking to us right now? Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer. Is he your Redeemer? Yes. yes. The Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit who leads you in the way you should go. That's an amazing word from God. He wants to teach us how to profit, but he also wants to lead us in the way we should go. And that is walking by faith right there. No matter what you're doing, but we're talking about prosperity. So your source just spoke to you. He just told you that he wants you to be, uh, have profit, but he wants to lead you in that way. And he told you who he was. I am the Lord, your God, your Redeemer. See, we've got to get wrong thinking. So any type of giving that you do needs to be directed by the Lord. Jesus didn't do or say anything until he heard from the Father or he saw the Father do something. And the reason why I'm saying that too also, and I'm just going to throw this in here, is that once you start walking and really set your mind to prosper, they're going to be, the devil's going to send people to you that are going to try and steal from you. Or there are going to be people that if you help them, and that's including family, you're enabling them to live a lifestyle I've had God tell me that. If you do that for them, you are enabling them. That is not my love for them. You're enabling them to walk in that lifestyle. That's not the love of God. So he, this is why we must be directed by the Lord. I had a precious furniture set. This was years ago when I really first started getting turned on to God, and I was just given everything I could think of. But it was stolen from me, and it was an inheritance, and it was something that I loved as a child. But that's okay. I forgave the person, and I'm sure God's going to give me back, and already has. But we need to be led by the Lord. Um, I want you to hear this. Jesus lived his life every day in a manner that pleased God. 
He said, I always do the things that please my father. You know what? He had to be walking by faith because in Hebrews 11, it says it's impossible to please him without faith. So when you're reading the word and you see the word God was pleased with him or, you know, uh, your enemies, he'll make them at peace with you when you walk with him, pleasing him, that means you're walking by faith. And so we need to think like that, that everything Jesus did pleased his father. I want to be the same way. So we want every decision that we make, let pleasing him be that standard. See, your source is talking to you. Remember Galatians 20. (laughs) I don't live anymore, but I live by the faith of the Son of God. I live by the Christ that's in me. I don't even live anymore. And those are confessions. Those are things that we need to start saying and believing God is in me. Not just knowing it at a certain level, but going after it, hard after it. Lord, you live in me. And the Father is doing the works. Man, get myself out of the way. I am not doing the work. The Father is doing the work. I don't do anything till I hear from him. And I, you know, the mantra for me is I'm anointed by the Holy Ghost, just like Jesus, to go around doing good, and I'm anointed with the Holy Ghost and power going around doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil because why? God is with me. Amen. Acts 10:38. Make it a mantra. That's how I live. Now, something he's been telling me also is, is to know him to know him. It was about a month ago, the Holy Spirit, I was reading John, I love the book of John, but in John 17, 3, it says, Jesus was praying and talking to his disciples, and he said, this is eternal life. Now, think about what eternal life is. We know it's Zoe, it's life like God has it. Life like God has it. Now, just meditate on that. Jesus said, this is eternal life, It means to know, perceive, recognize, become acquainted with, and understand you. He was talking to his father. Eternal life is to know God. Think about that. And to know Jesus, the anointed one. That is eternal life. Do you hear what I'm saying? You can't tap into the power of God until you have and know your Father. Because the power is uh, with the Father. Eternal life is resurrection life. So meditate on that. And he gave me other scriptures to go along with that. 2 Peter 1, 2, and 3. Grace and peace is multiplied to you through the knowledge of God. You see what you get? You get the promises through the knowledge of God. And it says the accurate knowledge. Philippians 3.10 is one of my favorite scriptures. My determined purpose is to know him progressively, become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, And look what's connected with it. And the power outflowing from his resurrection. If you want prosperity, 
and God wants you to have it, you need to know God because the power is outflowing from his resurrection. Look at Ephesians 1.17. He says, I pray that he will grant you a spirit of revelation and wisdom. Why? Into the deep and intimate knowledge of him so that you can know and understand the hope to which he's called you and how rich is his glorious inheritance in his saints and so that you can understand and know what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power is in us and for us. Now I'm paraphrasing because I confess these all the time so it's hard for me to read them. But I want you to see that the knowledge of God, knowing him is eternal life. It's what's going to release. And look at what Deuteronomy 8.18 says. It says he gives us the power to get wealth. We're not going to get that power. He's not going to give you wealth because the Bible says in Proverbs that wealth will destroy the fool. I have to be under him to understand how to, how to handle that wealth. And I believe this church, we're not sitting under Pastor Justin. Uh, Brother, We're not sitting under these generals for no reason. Okay? There's a hurting world out there. And I don't care where you are financially right now. I'm telling you, God wants to bring you up. He wants to make you a distribution center. But you have to know how to handle that wealth because he's told you, do this with it, do that with it. And many of you probably are already functioning at a higher level, but I'm going to tell you what, he's going to ask you for more. Not to take it from you, but to give it to you. And because there's people that need it. Supernatural provision. I think it's interesting that, that Pastor Justin asked me, to do this because the Holy Spirit's been having me meditate on supernatural provision. You know, Elijah mm-hmm. fed by the raven, ravens for a month. Mm-hmm. God told him, go down to the brook because they were having a famine. Do you believe that? Yeah. What if you needed that? Okay? Uh, then he sends him to a poor widow who's about ready to die. See, those things are hard on the flesh because I'd rather go to a rich widow. I'd rather have a nice room, you know, and the finest food. But God sent him to a poor widow who was about to die. Why? Because he's not only helping Elijah, he's helping her. Is that not awesome? I mean, that's an awesome God. But he's, he's wanting us to think about and meditate on these things because I can tell you when you're walking by faith, it's hard on your flesh. That You can just mark that down. If, you're, if it's hard on your flesh, you're probably walking by faith because it's something that it's easier to pull out that credit card. It's easier to, you know, uh, to run to the store and when he tells you no. But think, we need to meditate on these things. Think about the Israelites. They had manna fall from the sky. They had their bread come out of the sky. 
Why should I worry about what I'm going to eat? Do you see what I'm saying? This is your source. If you needed that, he would provide that for you. They needed a drink. They needed water. What did he do? Pointed him to a rock. No, Lord, we need water. What does he do? He gets the glory out of the rock. We know that was Jesus, but the rock gave him water to drink. I don't understand them, but then whatever. <laughs> I don't see how you can watch the Red Sea open, but I know I'm not judging him, Lord. It, it's just amazing to me the supernatural provision that they had. Um, and here's another one, meat. They wanted meat to eat. He flew them in quail. <laughs> he didn't have to even fly it in on a frozen plane. He just flew it in, and they were all griping and complaining, but God was so full of love that he took care of his people out there. Supernatural provision. How about Jesus feeding the 5,000? And the reason why I'm telling you this is because God wants to use us this way. It isn't just receive, receive, receive. He wants his elite army to start working, working, working like this. I believe that. If he sends you to Africa, there are places in America that need the multiplication miracle. We need to be operating on this level, but we are going to have to know who our source is. If he did it for them, he will do it for us. And we have it both in the Old Testament and both in the New Testament. Look at wine takes a good seven years, a good wine. El Shaddai worked through Jesus and did it in seconds. He's the God that overrides natural laws. And we have El Shaddai living in us. We need to meditate on these things because God wants to use us in this way. Who is your source? We need to have militant mind renewal. You're his army, militant mind renewal. In Ephesians 4.23, it says, and be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. This is, when I think of where Jimmy and I were, we had great jobs. I have two degrees, but when we found what God wanted us to do, that he has his own system, I don't care what you got. (laughs) You're going to live by God. You're going to live by his rules. It jerks the slack out of you. We went through some things because we had decided we were going to follow our God. And if he said, don't do this, then we didn't do it. You know, well, that's hard after you've been living a certain way. It's hard on the flesh. I remember the first thing he took away from me was credit cards, gas cards. But I loved it. It was like, I'm paying for my gas. I don't have to wait for a bill to come in. But he started changing, 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 and making us get in his system. So we have to have militant mind renewal. He told me, he said, tell them, set your face like flint. Set your face like flint. Do what it takes to do God's word for prosperity. If he tells you to tithe, you tithe. Because I'm going to tell you, I know most of you in here do, I'm sure you do, but you know what? There's going to come a time when he's going to be asking you for way more than that. 
And I believe that. It's already happening in our lives. But it's wonderful. Okay? But we have to have, we have to set our face like Flint. Because when you get something and he says, that's not for you, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I just believe God for this and now I'm going to give it away. But, but it's for a purpose. So we've got to set our face. Now, I want you to listen to this because he told me this. Um, I've been reading uh, Caroline Leaf's books on neuroscience. I love science. And it talks about your thoughts. And I don't know if some of you have read it. But I used to teach science. And your thoughts are actually, they've proven this, are actual real material in your head. Most people didn't know that. They're actual real things in your head. And they're the neurons and all of that. And they've discovered that just in the last several years. And they take up space in your brain, your thoughts. Now think about that. They're active, they grow, and you can change them. So this week I was going through some of the curriculum for the Bible school, and I came across this statement that Brother Jerry had said. It says, God, I want you to hear this, God is endeavoring to get his word into your mind and heart so you can think like him and live in victory. Now think about this. The word says that it has the power to save your soul. What is this word? It is God's thoughts. Now think about it in terms of science. God's thoughts that actually take up space. This is matter. This is spirit and life. And listen to that sentence. He's trying to get his thoughts into your mind and your heart. I'm telling you what, that's exciting. Because you got to set your heart that I believe what this word says. And, you know, <laughs> or, oh, I don't like what that says. No. You get that word, and that is his physical material getting inside of your mind and your heart, and it will change you, and it will save your soul. It's going to save your body because your mind, your thoughts are what release the chemicals and all that jazz to save your body. In Proverbs, God knew this, a calm heart and mind are the life and health of the body. Jealousy, envy, and wrath are as rottenness to the bones. Well, guess where that starts? Right here. Why am I telling you this? Because I want you to understand, to get skilled with the Word of God. I want you to approach this Word and tell your mind you're getting ready to get changed. I'm getting in agreement with this Word, and this Word has spirit and life in it, and it is changing me, and it's going to make me prosper. And there's not a thing you can do about it, devil, because you've already been defeated. This already belongs to me. And I'll tell you what, if you set your mind on that, you will watch God work just like that. Because you chose him over the world's way. Militant. You've got to get militant. I think that's, you know, I told Pastor, I felt like a child. But the Lord was telling me, Patty, it was your tenacity. 
Because once I found out who God was, I always loved God. God was always in my life. But when I, and I always believed this was the word of God. But once I found out, man, I was mad. I was like, how come somebody didn't tell me? <laughs> you know? I had to get forgiveness because I was mad. <laughs> but I decided from that day forward, this word was going to rule in my life. Amen. And that is why we're where we're at today, and we're not anywhere where we could be. And that's why I'm telling you, God wants to take you to a higher level. Yes. I, and I mean immediately. If you'll do this, he'll take you immediately. He doesn't have that much time. He's coming back, and there are people out there that need your help. They need you. So we got to get rid of the enemies of faith and, and prosperity, wrong thinking, traditions of men, poor is holy. Well, I've never heard of... A bill collector, and well, I'm holy. You know, I don't have, I'm holy. No, they're like, give me my money. I'll tell you the best way you can get your mind renewed over all the garbage, go in and follow Jesus and follow him from the time he was a baby. Jesus was never poor. He was never poor. The, who said there were three wise men? I've studied it out. There were probably 150. And guess what they came and gave him? The three most expensive things you could have at that time. And I looked up the word gold, and it's gold coins, gold ornaments. It's money, honey. <laughs> when they showed up, they brought him wealth. Well, right there, just take it in your mind right now. My, my God is wealthy. Okay? My God is wealthy, and he's been wealthy, and he wants me wealthy. Okay? Follow Jesus. Some of the wealthiest men and women followed him when he went into ministry. And I know we've talked about this. He had a treasurer who was stealing from him. You had to have a lot of money. or you, I'm sure he knew what was in there. He knew. <laughs> but come on, people. The robe that he... You know why they didn't cut that robe up when they took it off of him at the cross? Because that robe was expensive. It said the Roman soldiers cast lot for that robe. Well, you go in and study that out. That's because that robe was very wealthy robe. It was expensive clothing, and they were like, we don't want to tear this up, so let's cast lots for it. He was never poor till he went on that cross. Right. And then he gave it all up. So that we could become rich. I want you to look at, uh, you don't have to turn there, but in Philippians 4, um, I'm sorry, yeah, Philippians 4.14, Paul, that whole, when you study Philippians 10 through 19, you'll see that God is talking through Paul about finances. Okay. And he calls, in verse 14, you communicated with my affliction. He calls lack affliction. There's something to put in your mind. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Never is God the problem. We're never going to blame God. God is not the fault. It, it's us. It's us. There's a teaching going around, extreme teaching saying that God is sovereign. 
Yes, he's sovereign over certain things, but in his sovereignty, he also made us under rulers. And for us to sit back and say, oh, you know, it's God's will for me to be poor, that is a lie from the devil. It is not his will. Jesus didn't hang on that cross just for us to get saved or to get um, into heaven. He knew we were going to have to live on this earth. So we've got to get rid of this wrong type of thinking. It may be something that we're doing. And if you know that you're not doing something right, then just change it and get it right. Yes. And then the wealth will start flowing. Ask God, what am I doing wrong, Lord? Don't go, well, you know, I've been here and, I, you know, I'm mad at you, Lord. That's the wrong person to get upset with. <laughs> now, he'll have mercy on you. But after a while, he's going to expect a lot more. So just do what you know to do. Now, one thing that's always helped me is, remember, we are under a king. We're not, the United States is not under a king. But we have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, which has a king. And so I like to think about his system. His system is giving and receiving. Okay? His system is giving and receiving, and it's a lifestyle of giving and receiving. And if you look in 2 Corinthians 8, 7, actually 6, it's called a ministry of giving. We are ministers of giving. And it talks about, in those scriptures, you can go check them out, it talks about um, becoming excellent at this ministry of giving. So what did we just say? We have to get our mindset, our mind with God's thoughts. And now you think, I'm ministering when I give. I am a minister of giving. In one translation, it says, it's a work of God's kindness. See how God is doing the work? But it's his ministry, it's his kindness, but we're the vessel. So we've got to get our mindset on that. I looked up the word ministry. I love this. In the uh, 1828 Noah's Webster, it says, the office, duties, or functions of a subordinate agent of any kind. Are we not a subordinate agent? Are we not an ambassador of Christ? That's subordinate to our king. So we are ministers performing his office his duties, his jobs, and we're talking about prosperity. You want prosperity, giving is how you're going to get it. The chief expression of his love is giving. Giving. He didn't yell down from heaven, Hey, Cassie, I have a strong feeling for you. (laughs) He didn't yell down from heaven and say that. He gave his son. His only begotten son, he gave the best that he had. Why? So that we could have his Zoe life. So we've got to think about giving as a ministry. And this is how he lives. He gives to us every day. We give. True giving wants nothing in return. He doesn't even want to thank you. Okay? So, and him on this earth is people. 
It's ministries. So when you give, if you love, you're going to give to him. But you're giving to people. You're giving to ministries. You're giving where he directs you. But you're showing his love for people and for ministries when you give. So get the mindset of what you're doing. This is how he lives. And we need to discern the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ. I am loving you. The Lord is loving you through me when I give. See that mindset? The Lord is loving you through me when I give. And that's how we need to think and get it. So when you know who your source is, giving is not going to be a problem. Because your source lives like this. And he expects us to live like this. So the Philippians were expressing their love for him and God by giving their money and things to him. And this is how we express our greatest love to people and God is by giving. Now the other thing too I want you to see, Paul attached receiving to giving. Look at Philippians uh, 4.15. He's telling them, you communicated with me by giving and receiving. So don't ever separate the two. There's people out there, they just want to give, but they never want to receive. I'm telling you, people, we need to learn how to receive. Paul said in those scriptures, I received from Epaphroditus what I needed. You're stopping someone's blessing when you tell them, oh, I can't receive that. No, I can't have that. No. No. And if they do that to you, because, you know, just tell them, you're, you're blocking my blessing. Tell them, no, I'm going to plant this in you. You can do whatever you want, but you're blocking my blessing because the Lord told me. So we need to learn how to receive. He talks about a heavenly account. Look in verse uh, 16. You have a heavenly account. If you're a tither and a giver, you have a heavenly account. And we need to learn how to draw from it. And here's another issue. Your source is talking to you. Paul is getting money and things from the Philippians, and he's telling the Philippians this is a sweet odor to God. It's not filthy lucre. (laughs) See, we, we have that mindset that money is wicked and evil. No, it's not. It's a tool. And it's a sweet odor when it's given correctly. It's a sacrifice and a sweet-smelling odor. So we need to change our thinking. Here's a thought. Trey was talking about it last week. God is the one who made the gold and put it in the garden. He's the one that told Adam and Eve, this is good gold. How would we know gold was even good if God hadn't told us? Do you see why we need to change our thinking? Okay. Uh, God wants us rich. Because he has kingdom business that he wants us to do. He wants us to bless our brothers and sisters. And he wants us to enjoy things. As long as it's not number one. It's okay for you to have whatever your heart desires. Because he put it there. He wants you to have it. Amen. He wants us in overflow. Yes. And I hear this over and over and over. 
Jesse Duplantis has talked about it. Keith Moore has talked about it. Brother Jerry's talked about it. And this is the Holy Spirit talking to us. Ask God, are you happy with where I'm at? Because he's probably going to tell you no. Those guys just received a big airplane, and I know two of them, the Lord said to them, is this all I can do for you? And they're reveling in, wow, this is so awesome. And the Lord's like, is this all? We cannot get satisfied. Because he wants more in our hands. Now, that to me, and that's the hard test. When you're beginning to really get prosperous, there's a hard test there. Because you want to sit down, you're like, man, I've been fighting. Yeah, and I'm giving and all that, but it's like, Lord, I'm happy. He's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> because what if he wants you to move so he can give your house to somebody else? Yes, come on. What if he wants you to have a second home and you're like, no, I, don't, I want one, Lord, but oh my gosh, you know, it's going to be this. And what if he, so you can give the keys to somebody. Here you go, have a vacation. We cannot get satisfied. How about having five extra cars? Somebody comes in here, take a car. But we got to be giving to do that. Lifestyle of giving. So our source of supply then has to be God. Look at verse 19. Our source of supply, my God is the one who supplies liberty. Here's something that we need to change our thinking on. Our job is not our source. Our investments are not our source. The government is not our source. The economy is not our source. Our savings account is not our source. It's okay to have those. We're supposed to work, but they're not our source. Now that, I'm telling you, a lot of people, they just stop right there. We have to get weaned off of this. We have to look at God as our source because then we're operating in the highest level of faith. He's the one who gives us the power to get wealth. And so if I'm, and this is what Jimmy and I have done, we have purposed, and I know a lot of you in here, to just give, to just give. I remember coming up here when we first came up here, there were opportunities to give coming out the gazoo. And I thought, you know, you could either get offended or you could do. And it was, it was awesome because it trained us. It was lifestyle. It was lifestyle. It was getting up in the morning going, who can I give to today, Lord? You know, keeping your ear open. Somebody comes by, they got an issue. They're not, you know, unloading on you, but they have, oh, you know, go back. Let's give to that. If God told us and you pray about it. So it became a lifestyle. And we got our eyes off of our jobs. And what we do when we have him on our jobs is we limit him. We limit the Holy One of Israel. We limit ourselves. Don't say we can't afford this. Don't teach your children you can't afford this. I remember the Lord jumping my case when the boys were little. Well, actually it was Alex. Going in the... A store, and he asked for something, and I said, oh, we can't afford that, and I heard, the Lord was, he said, do not tell my son that. I went, my son? <laughs> he goes, my son. He's, he's a loner to you. He said, you tell him that 
you are not his source. You tell him that his daddy is not his source. You tell him that I am his source, and you teach him how to sow and believe me for it. And he was only like eight and a half months old at that point. But he was, and I, thank God, I hope he didn't understand me. But I'll tell you what, I don't think he did because he likes the nice things. <laughs> but we taught him how to believe. We taught him when he would get money in. I remember one time he wanted one of those Teddy Roxman, and Jimmy was gone, and we didn't have the money to pay for that. So he got some money for something. Somebody gave him $10, and I said, well, why don't you plant it? Well, guess what? Jim came home. Somebody had given him a Teddy Roxman. See, God will move heaven, especially with your babies, to prove to them. And he did that over and over and over. So get out of our poverty mentality. If you want something, ask God, is this the time for me to have it? I know you want me to have it. Is this the time for me to have it? What do I do to have it? And he'll tell you what to do. Don't limit yourself. And don't tell your kids. And I'm not telling you not to work because everybody needs to work. I'm going to tell you something. Moses led them out at 80. There's some people that think, well, now I'm, you know, 24 and it's time for me to relax. (laughs) No. There's no retirement word in the Bible. We are to work in the kingdom and find stuff to do. And God will show us what to do because we need to be working. But our job is just a channel. It is not the channel. Here's a test. Ask yourself, what do I look to when I need my bills paid and I don't have enough? Who's my source? If you're looking at your job, then you're not looking at God. He will move. I remember when we were running my dad's business, and we needed $18,000 the next day. And people hadn't paid their bills. And they were all, oh, well, well. So Jimmy and I put our hands together. We prayed, and we specifically told the Lord what we needed, 18000 I don't know, 25 cents. The next day, the exact amount came in. See, the, it's, they're not my source. God's my source. God will move for you if you will just put the demand on him. When you live by faith, it's hard on your flesh. You know? I want, when he says, don't go shopping, <laughs> or he's told you this is how I'm going to do it, or he gives you a little clue and you feel like, oh, you're just taking too much time, Lord. Uh, people don't always obey quickly. My suggestion to you, because I've had to learn this, is be obedient and do it quickly. Because what you're doing is planting a seed for someone else to hold back for you. Because there's times when we're all going to need. That's right. And there's times when we're all going to be able to give. Come on. So think about everything you do as a seed. He is your source. And if you're confident in him, then you're not going to put any pressure on people. You'll put no pressure on people. And we always get mad. We think, oh, ministers and pastors are putting pressure. Well, guess what? 
If you're a salesperson and you're manipulating somebody to buy, you are using the world's way. See, we don't want to judge anybody because we're doing the same thing when we manipulate and we use the world's way. So if we're confident, God will come through. I remember when Jimmy and I, the Lord told Jimmy and I to put our boys in a particular school. And we had, I had just gone back to work because he asked me to stay home with him. And we didn't have the money. And I was going to teach at this school. And they were a business. They were a Christian school, but they treated their school like a business. The money was due. Now, they gave a break to their teachers, but it wasn't all that much. But they would literally, they didn't show any favoritism, which I think is awesome. And so she called me in, and I told her, I said, you know, Sandy, I will pay. Now, this is before school started. I'll pay you what I can, but I'm believing God for the rest of it. I don't know how we're going to pay it. But I know he told us to put him here. And so... You know, the days got closer because we have the teachers, you know, and the days got closer. Nothing. So she calls me in, and it was, I think it was the day before school started, and she said, Patty, uh, how are you going to pay? And I said, Sandy, <laughs> the Lord is going to take care. I don't know. And she goes, Well, I have a doctor who wants to pay for both your boys. <laughs> I was like, wow. Really? <laughs> I receive. <laughs> and that doctor didn't want me to know who it was, which is fine. But see, I stood on what he told me to do. And, that, and they were paid for that whole year, two boys, until we could get back on our feet and then we could pick up the payments. He is the master at providing unexpe unexpected sources. The master at it. And it's fun. This way he gets all the glory. So think about it. These are the highest kinds of faith. The other thing we're going to have to do is ask ourselves, why do we work? You heard Brother Jerry say, we work for a giving. We work for a giving. And there's scripture on that. Look at Ephesians 4, 28. It's talking about letting the thief steal no more, but let him be industrious, making an honest living with his own hands so that he may be able to give to those in need. We are working to give to those to love people. We are not working to make a living. This is a huge mind renewal. But today, tonight, if you haven't been thinking that way, get your mind thinking that way because you have God's thoughts, his words, that's going to save your soul. Once you start operating like this, I work to give, you will see your standard of living jump. Amen. Because now God's interested in blessing you because he's got your heart. Because he knows you're serious about kingdom business. He knows you'll walk into a situation. There's nights when Jimmy calls me and I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to go do this, and he'll call me and say, oh, I did blah de blah de blah de blah <laughs> You know, he, he did stuff and paid his own money, and that's fine because that's how it's supposed to be. 
And I'm sure there's other people here, but if you haven't been functioning like this, I'm telling you, set your mind like flint. Be militant and decide, I'm going to start operating like this. I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to think about what can I give, who, but he's going to tell you. Because sometimes it's time, but you know, we got to touch the money. We got to touch the money. We got to touch the stuff. <laughs> because the wealth of the sinner wants to find its way into our hands. He wants us so wealthy, so overflowing, so that he can say, go buy Justin an airplane. That's the kind of wealth. And see, we need to get our mind off of, well, why do they need that airplane? I, listen, I don't want an airplane. I don't want the upkeep. Those are tools to those guys. Those are tools. They protect their anointing. We need to stop judging if somebody has something big. Get your mind and say, next, next. If God wants you to have a plane, he'll give it to you. See, if Pastor Justin has a plane, then he can, here, Joe, you know how to fly? Take it. But we got to get our minds on God's kingdom business and why we get up in the morning. We get up to do kingdom business and we make it a lifestyle. We need to get rid of our mind thinking about our investments, all that stuff. Because I'm going to tell you what, you could have a half a million dollar salary and God may ask you to give it up tomorrow. Can you do it with a smile? Yeah. Yeah. Some of us in here can do it because we know God will pay us back. If you don't know that, then start setting your mind on your source because he will do it. Start where you're at. Don't compare yourself. Do like what we did. And people in here, you set your mind. I just, I'm going to give, I'm going to give, I'm going to give. Even if it's you know, a dollar, even, I mean, you just never know. He'll direct your steps, but he will begin to give it to you. And you have to think about, this is the God who made planets. This is the God who made our planet and made the gold, but planets. This is the God that made your body. Just looking at the body, I'm amazed he wants to talk to us. (laughs) his intelligence is beyond there's no word for his intelligence but he wants a relationship with us and he wants to bless us he told me years ago patty i want to give you everything that's what he told me but he's telling that to you right now that wasn't just for me and i wish i had pursued it (laughs) Because I didn't really understand it at that time. Because you could sit back, and I think I did for a while. Okay, Lord, just drop it on me. (laughs) But it was like, no, it didn't happen. It didn't happen that way. I had to learn how to walk by faith. I had to learn when it was time for me to have something and when it wasn't. When we moved back to El Paso, we had two 
homes. One was on the side where I was raised, and it was beautiful. Well, they were both beautiful, but one was like really beautiful. And the view was looking out to the mountains and all the stuff. And oh man, we wanted it, but we didn't have the money to live in that home. And I went to the Lord because I'm thinking faith, you know, he'll just give us the money, he'll, you know, whatever. He told me out of Proverbs, he said, it's better to have something smaller than great revenue and trouble with it. Now, see, we need to learn that because he was telling me the other home is better for you. And we could have overrode it, but we decided he was smarter than us. So, people, he loves you. He loves you. And I want to leave you with this scripture in Acts. This is out of the uh, voice. I love this. It says, this is Acts 20, 34 and 35, but this is out of the voice. Now, I want you to hear what Paul is saying in here, because you can go and check this out in several different translations. Acts 20, 34 through 35. First of all, Paul is saying, I worked with my own hands making tents. And I paid my own expenses and my companions. Do you see the overflow? Do you see I'm working? I'm working and I'm in overflow. I'm working hard. But listen to verse 35. He said, this is my last gift to you. This example of a way of life, a life of hard work, a life of helping the weak, a life that echoes every day those words of Jesus our King who said it is more blessed than it is to give than it is to receive. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Why? Because God gives you the power to be a blessing. You're more blessed when you can give. You're more endued with the power when you can give. We're supposed to be a blessing to all the families of the earth. That's our covenant. That's my goal. I want to be that way because I want to be like my God. And I know you do too. So, I love you guys, and I bless you in Jesus' name. I believe the source has changed your thinking tonight. He's changed mine. And Lord, I thank you that we're going to go up to a higher level, a higher level. I believe we are going to be tenacious, and we're going to get our minds off of ourselves. And we're going to get our mind on kingdom business daily, Lord. Daily. Daily, Lord. We're going to wake up like Jesus. And we're going to know we're anointed of the Holy Ghost and that we have power and that we're going to be going around doing good and healing all that we're oppressed. Acting like our Father in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah.